Who knows Rod Bullpit? He's been a, been a pastor in our movement for... We actually honoured him for 50 years of service uh, to our movement a couple of uh, years ago. And I, I said to Rod towards the end of the night, I said, I never knew you were a pastor here at Maryborough. And he said, I wasn't. He says, I came into this very hall as a 13-year-old, broken family and divorced mum who was rarely at home because she was working so much. And I had a friend who said, do you want to come to Boys Brigade? And I said, what's Boys Brigade? And he said, it's really fun. You get to do gymnastics. I said, I'm there. And he rode his bike to Maryborough Baptist Church. He went into that hall and he learnt how to do cartwheels and uh, showed me where the parallel bars used to be. And he says, in this very room, Mr Sparks over there, who was in a wheelchair and he's in his uh, late 90s, was my boys' brigade captain. And for the first time in my life, I heard the good news of Jesus Christ and I had a family around me that showed me genuine love and it changed my life and I accepted Jesus and I've been following Jesus ever since and I served for over 50 years telling other people about Jesus. Come on, how good is that? That's that's why we're doing what we're doing, we're believing that the, the message of Jesus will keep getting multiplied. The ministry of Jesus will keep getting multiplied from generation uh, to, to generation. In, in my own family, some of my highlights from this year... Uh, my parents decided to take all of us, 17 of us, uh, to New Zealand for a holiday. They're spending uh, my inheritance uh, while, they're, while they're still alive. It was a lot of fun. We all went to New Zealand. And just before we went, my nieces who live in Sydney rang me and uh, said, would you baptise us uh, when we're in uh, New Zealand? And I said, I'd love to. They said, we want to get baptised in Lake Wanaka. We're there in June. Like, it's... <laughs> It's zero degrees. And I said, look, I love baptising people. I love you. Uh, I love Jesus, but I don't want to see him face to face, you know, right now. And uh, so we found a hot tub on the side of the hill in uh, New Zealand. And I got to baptise my two nieces and my whole family was there. And I said to uh, these girls, your grandmother over there, Louise, faith was in her first not, her name's not Lois like Paul and Timothy, but uh, and your mums over there, neither of them are called Eunice, but you've seen faith in them also, and now that same faith is in you, and you're declaring it publicly. It's been multiplied from generation to generation. It's day one of our holiday. Day two of our holiday, my son proposed to his girlfriend on the shores of Lake Wanaka and we're all very thankful because it would have been an awkward holiday otherwise. She said yes. And, uh, you know, our, our families continuing to, uh, to grow and to, uh, to flourish and to multiply. And who here knows that we have a father in heaven who's a much better father than me? Got a much better heart. He loves watching his family grow and flourish and multiply. It is the heart for our movement. It's God's heart for your church family that it would grow, it would flourish and it would multiply. And I tell you, we have a God who is still performing miracles today. Some of you know, you know, the story I shared before, my, my daughter when she was 14 got diagnosed with anorexia nervosa. It was the toughest time uh, of our lives. It was 10 years ago 
She came home laughing from church a couple of months ago because uh, she just got a, a new tattoo and it said blessed. And it's not often that you, you know, celebrate when your kids get a tattoo, but I, I did celebrate uh, this one. She was laughing because we just started a new sermon series in the Beatitudes called Blessed. And I said, what are you going to do next month, Bront, when we start the series, The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse? <laughs> you know, where are you going to, you know, get that tattooed? And I said, you know, what's the go with the tattoo? And she says, I just never want to forget. She says, it's been 10 years since I went to hospital. And uh, as she left, as she left psychiatric ward, Logan Hospital, the uh, nurse said to her, you'll be back. I nearly punched him in the nose. I, I was not happy. But she stood uh, on stage on Mother's Day uh, at our church, first time in 10 years, publicly testified that Jesus has set her free. And she's never been back. She's never going back. And she's so thankful. And she got this tattooed because she was just so blessed that people never gave up on her. And God noticed her and healed her and set her free. And sitting in the, the second row uh, that day was a youth leader who didn't give up on her for 10 years. Even, even when Bronte screamed at her and she was so angry at God in hospital, she just kept going and seeing her and loving her. There's a couple that have sat with us for 10 years in our land room. We prayed for each other's kids every second Wednesday night. And there was a uh, lady in our church who went to Cambodia to start a, a uh, vocational training centre for girls rescued from trafficking who took Bronte on as an intern when she was still a bit sick and skinny and, and uh, she's 18 years old and over there God just transformed her heart. I'm telling you. God is still performing miracles today. Do we believe that our God is a miracle working God today? He's still transforming lives in, in miraculous way and it's his heart that, that, that the ministry, the message and the miracles of Jesus would just continue to be multiplied. It's uh, just the word God's put uh, on our heart for next year. Simply multiply. Let's start with just a little bit of math just to get our keep our minds uh, working this morning. A little bit of math. Come on, shout it out. Two plus four. Three plus five. Five plus six. Some of you have pulled out once you've got the double digits. But seven, seven plus eight. 15, alright, let's do a little bit of multiplication with the same numbers, same numbers, just turning the little plus sign on the side, just starting to multiply, 2 times 4, 3 times 5, 5 times 6, 7 times 8, what do you notice, what, what do you notice, some of you are struggling weren't you, <laughs> you know when we add you know, the, the number, the result just goes up really gradually, but when you use the same numbers and you actually start to, to multiply, the number starts to get big quickly. And God trusted the power of multiplication in creation. You know, in a simple apple, does anyone know how many seeds there are in the average apple? Anyone got any idea? Have a guess. Come on, have a guess. Four, eight, yeah, it's between five and eight in most apples. And uh, some of you are going to just go home and check on right. But uh, most apples are between five and eight seeds. God created one apple 
with the potential for one of those little seeds to, to actually be planted and grow and multiply so that it could produce five to 800 apples per year, every year. He trusted the power of multiplication in his creation. He put two animals, you know, together and he made a way for them to multiply so that us non-vegans can eat multiple hamburgers every year. The vegans can keep eating the apples, I'll keep eating the hamburgers. Very first, the, the very first command in scripture, go forth and... Very first command, God trusted this, this power of multiplication, that, that uh, one man, one woman could come together and eventually there'd be six billion people on planet Earth. God trusted the power of multiplication in creation and Jesus, you know, trusted the power of, uh, of multiplication uh, in his, his ministry. The first miracle he ever did was uh, to multiply, you know, water into wine. Us Baptists have been trying to turn it back ever since, but it was a pretty cool miracle. But the only miracle, other than the resurrection, that has uh, been recorded in all four Gospels is which miracle? Come on, you all know it. Feeding the 5,000. It's the only miracle. It's the only miracle other than the resurrection that is recorded in all four Gospels. Multiplies food to to feed, you know, 5,000 men plus uh, women and, and children. Jesus is a miraculous multiplier. My favourite multiplier is 11. Come on, let's just uh, do one more little bit of times tables this morning. 11 threes, 11 sevens, 11 twenty threes, 11 forty fives. How do you know that, Peter? How do you know it so quickly? Yeah, come on. We didn't go up to 45. How do you know it so quickly? Add them together. You add two numbers together, it works all the way through. There's a predictable pattern. Who didn't know that? Okay, you taught something new today, Peter. It's a predictable pattern. You just add the two numbers together and you put it in the middle. It happens. It's my favourite multiplier. Jesus liked multiplying by 11 too. Let me read my favourite passage of scripture. It says, when the 11, everyone say 11. Eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Jesus trusted the power of multiplication. He did not get on a private jet and fill stadiums uh, full of people. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but he simply trusted the power of multiplying by 11. He invested into 11 in one's very small uh, part of the world. And he trusted that as these disciples matured, that they would multiply his message, his miracles, his ministry uh, throughout the earth. First command in the Bible is to multiply. His first miracle is to multiply. And Jesus' last command is to multiply. Go and multiply what I've given you. And the early church witnessed the power of multiplication on day one. Day one, 120 people, ordinary people, 
get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and they begin sharing the message of Jesus in all different languages and the church goes to 3,000 people in one day. Who wants to see that in our day? Who's still believing that God can do that uh, in, in our day? We're all called to multiply the ministry, the message, the miracles of Jesus. Matthew uh, 25, uh, 14 to 30, it tells the, the story of a wealthy landowner. Jesus is telling a parable, story of a wealthy landowner who entrusts five bags of gold with one of his servants, two bags of gold with another servant, uh, one bag of gold uh, with another servant. And uh, when he comes back, the dude that's got five bags that has invested it, he's multiplied it and he gives back uh, to the landowner this multiplied um, gift that is entrusted to him. And then the dude with two bags, same deal, he invested it, what he's entrusted to him has multiplied. And to those two, the landowner says those words that we're all looking forward to hearing one day. Say them with me. Well done, good and faithful servant. And to the one who had one bag of gold and hid it in the dirt and just maintained what he already had and didn't multiply it, some pretty tough words, you wicked and lazy servant. Now Jesus expects us with whatever he's given us, whatever is entrusted to us, to multiply it into others. We are not called to simply maintain the ministry of the past. We are called to multiply you know, whatever it is that God has given us. He's entrusted all of us with something, with some gifts. He's, he's trusted some of us you know, with, with a heart uh, for, of, of compassion. He's, he's entrusted people with, with gifts of mercy and, and gifts of evangelism and all different gifts to be multiplied into the next generation so that the next generation receive the heart and the ministry of Jesus. Paul says to Timothy, things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be able to qualify to teach others. Don't let it finish with you. We've seen God move powerfully in this generation. We've seen the church planted, but we don't want it just to be maintained. We want to see it multiplied. What you've seen me share with you, share with others. You know, when I first surrendered my life to to Jesus, I had a a guy named Bruce who discipled me and about uh, three or four other young guys. And this this was his method. He would walk us around late at night, this housing commission suburb in uh, the western suburbs of Sydney. And late at night, there was all sorts of seedy stuff going on. And it was was a 19-year-old, it was a little bit of a wake-up call for me to how much brokenness and pain and evil is in the world. And he'd walk us around and he'd just simply tell stories about Jesus and then he'd get us to pray. And he'd get us to pray that God would bring hope and healing to this community. And as I walked with him and heard those stories and as I prayed with him and I heard the passion in his heart for the lost and the last and the least, it was multiplied into my heart. And I'm trusting that through you know, what God's called me to do is getting multiplied into others. It's passed on. 
little bit later, I had a guy named Rick who used to take me to uh, McDonald's every second Wednesday morning at 6am and he'd buy me a, a sausage and egg McMuffin. And, and for three years, I really wanted a bacon and egg McMuffin. But I, I was young and shy and I, I didn't tell him. I ate sausage for three years. But he'd sit there and in his little, you know, plastic, you know, table in McDonald's and he'd open the Bible with me and, and he'd talk about ministry and marriage and money and God's perspective on those things. And they're things that I now just intuitively know, that have intuitively become part of me. But once upon a time, I didn't know them. I needed someone to multiply what they knew into my heart. They needed to invest it into me. You know the sad thing? Both of those guys were pastors of the church where I grew up and started in ministry. Just on this Sunday just gone, they held their last worship service and they closed their doors as a church. Gutted me. I knew it was coming. I'm still connected. I haven't been there for over 20 years, but I'm still connected with some people there. I knew it was coming. When I saw it happen, I was absolutely gutted. At some point, this church that was so good at passing on the ministry of Jesus to the next generation stopped. They've now closed their doors. And there's not a light for the gospel in that community that desperately needs it. Don't let it happen here. Don't let it happen in your church. Let's not maintain the ministry that we've been given but multiply it into others. That's why Project 11 is so important. I want to encourage you, Project 11 is not going away. We're going to keep leading it year after year after year. Maddie's doing an awesome job. We've got a great conference uh, coming up in, in November. It's going to be one of those pinnacle moments of, of Project 11 again this year. And people, young people is going to catch something of the heart of God, the heart of God for ministry and ministering to a, a broken world. And I want to encourage you again, who you get, who you putting around you? Who are those four or five people you're going to walk around a block with or sit at McDonald's with and just multiply what God's given you uh, into the next generation? You've got an exciting new thing, a little like Project 11, a little simpler, uh, called JSL or Jesus Style Leadership that uh, John Sweetman's uh, put together. Great resource. It's going to start going into our Baptist schools uh, around Queensland. And uh, we're going to give all of you one of these uh, uh, as in, in just a few moments so you can have a look at it. It could also be used in youth groups. It's, it's just, you know, biblical leadership. It's just passing on biblical leadership into the next generation. It looks great. It's great content. Really encourage you. Be, be praying for our schools. Be praying for the young people in our schools as they, as they do this and they catch, you know, God's heart, uh, for ministry. But have a look at it and see if it's something that would be really helpful, uh, in your youth groups also. And, uh, next year's Mastering Leadership series, uh, will all be around developing a discipleship pathway in the local church. And we're all going to do it differently, but what are the principles to ensure that we've got a pathway in our churches that will continue to uh, multiply you know, the ministry and the message of Jesus uh, through the generations? We're called to multiply the ministry of Jesus, called to multiply uh, the message of Jesus. Jesus tells a uh, parable
parable of the four soils. Uh, some seed lands on a uh, concrete path, quickly gets uh, snatched away uh, by the enemy. Some seed uh, lands in shallow soil. Uh, roots never go down deep. The message, the word of God never goes down deep. And eventually when hard times come, uh, the, uh, the, the, their spiritual life ebbs away. And some seed, you know, lands in weeds and, you know, desires of, of wealth and worldly pleasures choke out the word of God over time. But some seed, some seed, like that story I was talking about with Rod Pulpit right at the start, some seed, it lands in good soil. This is what it says in Mark chapter 4. Other seed fell on good soil, came up, grew, produced a crop, say it with me, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. You know, when the word of God takes root in our lives, it transforms us into the likeness of Jesus, but it also multiplies it into others. One of our priorities that we're focusing on next year as a movement is intentional discipleship. And our heart is a movement, is to make mature disciples that multiply. Mature disciples becoming more like Jesus and that multiply the message of Jesus uh, into others. Just another resource we're putting together uh, for next year. We're calling it Everyday Disciple. It'll be a six-week sermon series. It will have... Um You'll be able to use the message transcripts. You'll be able to play the videos if you prefer to do that. Uh, there'll be there'll be videos for your small groups. There'll be uh, resources, uh, guides for your small groups. And and the thing that's a little bit unique about this series is that there'll be daily discipleship practices throughout the day that people in your church can uh, uh, be a part of and let the word of God in all different ways over a six-week period actually take root uh, in in our lives. It'll be ready by term two uh, next year. You'll be able to use it anytime you like, any six week period. You know, they're saying six to eight weeks, you know, forms a new habit in people. I think it's going to be a series that's just going to uh, help the people in our churches put some new discipleship habits, habits in their lives that uh, they would become mature disciples that multiply. You know, we won't all multiply the message of Jesus by standing on a stage like this. We won't all multiply the message of Jesus by standing on a street corner and uh, and calling out. Uh, we won't all stand. We won't not uh, cold call, door knock, door to door. Uh, some people will do that, and it's great. We want to cheer them on. But but I wonder if all of us, you know, could throw some Matthew parties. I wonder if all of us could sit around a table with some people that we know and eat and talk about Jesus. Let me just read just a little bit from Matthew 9. It says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and uh, sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I've come to call the right, not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus loves sinners. And, and so when he saw Matthew you know, choose to follow him, 
He says, go and get all your other sinner buddies and let's sit down and talk. And Matthew gathers all of his sinner and tax collector buddies. And I wonder if they knew sitting around that table that for the next 2,000 years they were going to get labelled as sinners. But I'm not sure they would have accepted the invitation, you know, if they knew that. But these people are obviously, you know, away from God. You know, just sat around Matthew's table. They probably sat around Matthew's table lots of times. They were friends with Matthew. But this time, because Matthew had been introduced to Jesus, his friends were now being introduced to Jesus. I don't know. I just reckon a bunch of us could do that. I reckon every person sitting in our churches, you know, could just invite some friends to sit around their table and introduce them to Jesus. And Alpha makes it really easy. I've loved seeing what churches picking up Alpha this year and having a go. I'm just hearing stories saying it didn't work out quite the way we wanted it to, but people got saved anyway. I was just having a go. What if we just kept having a go? And we took Alpha outside of the four walls of our churches and we put Alpha in the wild, you know, in people's lounge rooms. You know, people just inviting six of their sinner buddies to sit around their table and all of the resources to help introduce people to Jesus can be click of a button on a TV screen. Uh, Ryan's going to work with Steve and others in our movement just uh, doing all sorts of training next year. If that's something you'd like to see happen, I know Bridgie have already seen uh, God working uh, through this and I, I just think it's going to get multiplied through our movement. Let's just have a go and see what happens. Multiply the message of Jesus and multiply the miracles of Jesus. 5,000 men and women and children, they're hungry because Jesus has been preaching all day. The next time someone complains that you've gone over the 30-minute mark, just, just point them to you're just following Jesus. He, uh, he preaches all day. Actually, the time that he feeds 4,000, he's preaching for three days straight. But anyway, they're, they're hungry. I wouldn't try that. Uh, they're, they're, you know, people are hungry and, and the disciples go to Jesus and say, we've got to feed these people. They're, they're going to die. And uh, Jesus says, you do it. He says, you, you perform the miracle. And they're looking at it humanly. They're, they're doing the math, just like we did before. They're looking around, all the people, and they're going, all right, if we just bought them all a zinger box, you know, or just a value, I tell you what, value range Domino's pizzas. How good are they? Like seven bucks, you can get, like, I'm pretty sure, you know, a family pizza was seven bucks 20 years ago. And still, anyway, I'm distracted. But, you know, they're doing the math. Buy a simple, cheap meal for everyone is a year and a half's wages. That's their human thinking. And Jesus simply says, give me what you got. And you got five loaves and two fish. You know the story. It gets multiplied and there's enough for everybody. In fact, there's more than enough for everybody because that's what God is like. He's able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask, dream or imagine. Twelve basketfuls are left over. You know, miracles, anyone here still believe in miracles? We still believe that God is a miracle working God. 
No miracles originate in the mind of man. Miracles originate as revelation from heaven. It's hearing, trusting the voice of God and then activating it by faith. I always want to pray for miracles next year. You know, one of the things we'd love to do and probably need to sit down with Lee and some others that are going to be part of this to explain what this might look like. But uh, we want to give everybody in QB, every person, the opportunity to do a one-day spiritual retreat. And we're going to put a spirit, all the resources you need for a spiritual retreat in a box. It might not be a literal box, it might be a figurative box, but I reckon lots of people would love to spend a day with Jesus, just listening, receiving revelation from heaven, but they don't know how. And so we want to give everyone the resources sometime in 2024, put aside one day, listen, let God transform you, receive revelation uh, from heaven. What if everybody in our movement did that? What miracles might we see unleashed from heaven? And uh, we're going to continue to pray next year because uh, God pours out his power as his people pray. And uh, we're going to pray during prayer week next year for miraculous breakthrough. Come on, who's believing for miracles in this room? You know, I just loved hearing some stories from Twiggy before of what God's doing through, uh, through Scent Conference up in, uh, northern Queensland. You know, he's just, he's multiplying this gift of evangelism that's in him. And there's a multiplication. Who's believing for a multiplication in salvation in our movements? That, that next year we just got more and more stories. We've got too many stories to tell. Who needs a miracle of provision? Come on, who's, who's believing for, you know, people and finances and buildings and land and who needs miracles of provision? You know, we're going to pray together for miraculous breakthroughs, for miracles of provision. We're going to pray for miracles in generational lines, that generational lines will be, you know, transformed and that we would see faith passed on from generation to generation. Eternal destinies will be changed. You know, in a, in a culture today where the young generation is growing grappling with identity and sexuality more than ever before. We, we need miracles. We need churches that will wrap their arms lovingly around broken people, but we need to cry out to heaven and pray like what's on the back wall there, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I hear just a little amen? amen. Really want to encourage you to be part of QB Prayer Week. Get along to QB Conference at the end of April. We're going to believe together, pray together, cry out together for revival uh, in our nation. Father, trusted the power of multiplication in creation. Jesus trusted the power of multiplication in his ministry. The first church saw it on the very first day. They saw the power of multiplication. I'm believing. I'm believing for the power of multiplication, the ministry, the message, the miracles of Jesus across our movement. Anyone else believing for it? Awesome. What we're going to do, we're going to spend some time in uh, some small groups, just a chance to hear what is happening in discipleship, share some resources, reflect on some of the resources that uh, QB is putting into your hands as what 
what it would be helpful or what might be more helpful into the future. We really want to hear from you. We're going to collate uh, your thoughts and, uh, and continue to develop resources that will be most helpful for you. And then we're going to come back together and we are going to pray together. We're going to pray for miraculous breakthrough. We're going to pray for miracles of provision. We're going to pray for miracles of salvation. We're going to pray for miracles in generations. We're going to pray for miracles of healing in body, mind and spirit. So we've got about uh, 25 minutes uh, together in uh, these uh, small groups and then we'll come back together and pray. Let me pray right now. Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your grace that is extravagant. Thank you for the miracle of salvation in each of our lives, that through your death and resurrection, Jesus, we, uh, our sins are moved as far as the east is from the west, washed white as snow. We can come into your presence before your throne of grace with confidence and we can ask for more grace, more love, more power. God, would you stir up faith in our hearts today? God, as we share together, God, may may you just put ideas and creativity and new thoughts and new faith in our hearts and minds. I pray in Jesus' name.